Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, the sky is falling. No, it's just monorail blue passing overhead. Bob Iger tells the world that Shanghai Disneyland is performing better than expected, and SeaWorld adds a new twist to its Kraken roller coaster that is just plain awesome. We'll tell you more. Uh, and no, he's not in the theme parks. He's actually sitting here because we don't have a full table today. So never mind. I was going to tell you Steve Porter's off in the park somewhere doing something, but he's not. He's right here. Um, but a little later on in the show, we are going to talk about a thread I found on the boards that I thought was really interesting um, about what to do once you've lost the Disney magic. And we're not talking about the cruise ship. We're talking about that feeling deep in your heart. All that coming up next from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. This is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged episode 944 for the week of June 20th. 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Mr. Steve Porter. Hey, guys. Mr. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, Lady Craig Williams. Mellow. <laughs> Mellow? Um, yeah, sure. Mellow. So, uh, Steve is back from his honeymoon. I'm back. Got the ring. Got the flesh, freshly married. Happy fleshly? Fleshly married? Is it really <laughs> hey, starting with those maybe jokes? That, maybe that wasn't a... It was uh, a Freudian slip. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Craig, back from his uh, vacation, where'd you go? Um, I snuck off to uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina for a couple days. Um, and then after that, I trekked up to the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. And um, for all those people who follow me around, it probably just looked like I was binge drinking for three days straight. But I promise I was there with my parents, so I was very responsible. And I am alive, so <laughs> clearly I'm okay. There's that. <laughs> There's that. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. A couple of things in housekeeping. First and foremost, I'd like to mention that we are looking for video contributors to the Diz. So you've heard me talk about our um, our contributors uh, that write articles for us, which we have many, and that's done really well. We're now doing that with uh, video contributors. So if you have um, some experience or if you just like to vlog, about Disney, uh, or Universal for that matter, um, we would like you to sign up to become a Diz video contributor. You can find details on that program along with instructions on how to sign up on our show notes page, uh, DizUnplugged.com. And uh, we've already got a few people that are submitting stuff to us. Uh, You are going to need, let me just say this, a lot of people are are, are not being considered because they're not providing links to any videos that they have done. We do need to see examples of your videos before we can consider you for a video contributor position. And uh, we do pay on these the same way we do on the articles. If we use your your video, you'll be paid, I think it's $25? Yes. Um, 
So if you're prolific, like some of our writers are, you could do, you know, make some nice extra cash um, and uh, get your get your work out there for other Disney fans to see and appreciate. So disunplug.com, check out the show notes for today's show. You will find a link to information about that and instructions on how to sign up. Craig, do you have the uh, the mailing address where they send in their VHSs? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, uh, <laughs> send it to Corey's house. Yeah, it's, I can't remember what the address is for the Welcome Center, but Teresa is probably the only one of us that still has a VCR. So I actually, I have one. I, I know Rhino does too. So hey, don't tell my secrets. <laughs> well, we just we just sure won't tell I what do. you play on them. Um, <laughs> Rhino loves that '80s porn. Um, so, all right. Um, before I go on to this week's shows, uh, anything in housekeeping? Uh, did I? I was supposed to remind you about best and worst. Should I just say it? Why don't you? All right. Just tell so the people. We would love to have you guys write into us about the best or worst experiences that you've had with the cast members at Walt Disney World um, and we'd love to share our top five best and worst from what you guys send in so okay awesome anything else for housekeeping yeah I just uh, want to wish my mom a belated happy birthday it was her birthday yesterday happy birthday birthday. yeah no I know she's watching out there so thanks for being born mom Oh, that's a heartfelt, Craig. Heartfelt. She knows how I, I know feel. She's, I know she's weeping. She's weeping as we speak. All right, anything else? No? All right. Uh, so let's talk about the shows we have coming up this week. Every Monday, uh, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged with Tom Bell and, and his team. This week, the team discusses the upcoming D23 Expo and offers some tips on how to get the most out of the weekend. Tom has also asked me to let everyone know that Coasting for Kids is back. This is a fundraiser to raise money for Give Kids the World, where, uh, what parks do they do this in? Uh, um, Uh, Is it Cedar Fair Parks? Yeah, I think it is Cedar Fair Parks. Um, And I'll just read what he has written for me. Give Kids the World fundraiser for roller coaster fans is back. This time around, instead, it's all happening on one day. There will be one event a month in different parts of the country. This is a great change for those of you that haven't been able to make it to one of the Diz events to participate in a Give Kids the World fundraiser. Uh, the uh, The first two events have already been announced. The first one will be held August 16th at... What the hell is that? Kwasi? Something Amusement Park in Middlebury, Connecticut? Um, I think somebody has to have a talk with their marketing team. Sounds fun. Um, is it? Well, no, it's O U A S S Y. Okay, I don't know. Uh, this, I'm just reading what's here. Okay, they were just roll me up for parties. <laughs> um, so whatever amusement park is in Middlebury, Connecticut, it's happening there August 16th, and then September 16th at Frontier City. See, that's a nice name for a theme park. Okay, that makes sense. Frontier City in Oak. Uh, <laughs> no, it just says Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Um, so I'm guessing it, it must City. be Oklahoma City. Um, but Tom just doesn't like to write in full sentences. Um, head over to coastingforkids.org to register and be sure to ju- choose the Diz Power of 10 as the organization that you are working with and join other Dizzers in Oklahoma City and Middlebury, Connecticut. Uh, to help raise money for Give Kids the World. Um, also, every Monday, uh, DizUnplugged.com and YouTube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel is the Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast with John Magi, Kevin Close, and Tracy Heinrichs. 
And Craig, do we know what's coming up uh, this week? Uh, the one episode that was released yesterday was part one of their uh, shows that they did out in Alani. So they uh, they interviewed some of the great cast members that are working out there. And then part two, uh, their second show that they recorded out there, will be released this coming Monday. Is that so. the one that has Tracy trying to speak Hawaiian? I believe it could be. So I know they tried to get her to speak Hawaiian at least at the beginning and the end of that episode. She said one Hawaiian word. I believe it was mahalo. Fair enough. Because she's Canadian, (laughs) she has to put A on the end of it. Um, So, awesome. That's coming up. Uh, You you can head out to uh, disunplugged.com to check out all the Dreams Unlimited Travel podcasts, but also subscribe to that channel, youtube.com slash dreamsunlimitedtravel. Every Wednesday disunplugged.com the best and worst of Walt Disney World with Steve Porter and myself and which episode goes up Wednesday uh, tomorrow Craig uh, um, I honestly I already have a mind blank of what you recorded yesterday so well, we recorded two yesterday uh, we're releasing the first one of those the but hidden I just treasures? hidden treasures yes. of the Disney yeah, resorts yeah the best hidden treasures of the Disney resorts just recorded that yesterday so it's nice and fresh um so that will be tomorrow, disunplugged.com. And uh, every Thursday, maybe Craig will be a little better on this one, uh, the Universal Edition of the Dis Unplugged with Craig Williams and the giant head of Rhino Climate. <laughs> uh, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, this week, we have an email show. It's already been recorded. So if you have any more emails to send us for the show, uh, unfortunately, they won't make it in this round. Uh, but please continue going ahead and uh, sending anything that you want and eventually we will answer it on another email show so it's going to be a fun one though we had a good time recording it and um yeah that's it awesome and every friday disunplug.com dispop with the giant floating head of rhino clavin um in a pink power ranger suit um i'm the blue one i'm the blue one (laughs) i'm the pretty i'm powder i'm powder blue one um, Cerulean. And it's not a mask, Cerulean. it's a helmet. Um, <laughs> yeah, Corey got that talk from me about what the difference is between a mask and a helmet. <laughs> I could go places with that, and I won't. Um, so what are you doing this week? Um, we are taking a little stroll down memory lane and talking about our favorite shows from the Disney Afternoon Collection and a little bit about its history. And so that includes talking about like DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, all that all that fun stuff. Um, so you have to tune in and see what both Craig and I enjoyed of our childhood so many years ago. Yeah, like last week. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Rhino. Um, I, I don't think we have anything else for housekeeping. Oh, uh, all, all I, oh all I do want to mention, uh, John and Kevin obviously are not here, uh, and that is because uh, 2018 packages were released and they are losing their minds. So... Uh, Right now, they just... That's why also Kathy and Teresa couldn't be here, because they're swamped uh, with work. So, we can understand that, and they uh, they will be back... They will be back with us again next week. I, on the other hand, will not be, as I'm uh, heading out to visit family. Next week, will be up in Jersey. Steve Porter will be hosting. Well, we should. Oh, wouldn't that be funny? Hey. You guys ever seen a train wreck in real life? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that would be fun. <laughs> wonder how much money we could raise to give kids the world. Uh, let's get, not test that. How about, how about if I don't do it? No, <laughs> no. If we could, like, raise ten, it's like, if we could like, figure out a way to raise $10,000, and if we do... Sweat's stripping down. <laughs> Steve, Steve has to host the show. 
Have you ever seen him do a daily fix? Can you imagine if he had to do this live? He's got a thing in his contract about always having fresh chicken nuggets and mac and cheese <laughs> catered to him at all times. Then I would do it. <laughs> Actually, that sounds he likes like a to deal. Dip, he likes to dip the chicken nuggets in high C. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, now that's too oh, many. You got to get the ranch or chipotle sauce. Buffalo Wendy's or mix frosting. Them. Put Wendy's it in the frosting. Yeah, that's good. Too. Okay. Jeez. I'm now bored with this conversation. <laughs> I just wanted to say real quick, thank you, Rhino, for last week allowing me to go on vacation by stepping up and doing everything with the show, even though it ran short because of the weather. So thank oh, you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you you. wouldn't know. His week off, and it's like a 10-minute show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoo, thank you, Zeus. <laughs> yeah, and so far today, so far today, uh, we, it, it looks good. I was checking the weather. It looks like... The thunderstorms aren't happening until later on in the afternoon, hopefully. Um, some people were asking, you know, why do we have to shut down uh, when there are thunderstorms? Uh, we do have, I do have whole house surge, uh, surge suppression and surge protection, obviously. But that's for the unforeseen. If I know it's coming, I've got people in a room full of equipment. Yeah. I need to shut it down so that nothing bad happens to them. So, unfortunately, it's just the nature of doing this here in in Orlando and in my house. So, um, but we've been very fortunate that yeah. you know, re, you know, really on, only on. only the last couple months have we been getting this weather. Uh, last year, I don't think we had any problems. No, no, no. It, uh, it's been all fine. So, and ever since you stopped making us go hold golf clubs outside when it's storming, <laughs> things have been really wonderful. Well, I'd much rather lightning hit you than the equipment. <laughs> So, and you're so freakishly tall. Um, you know. Putting Craig on the roof of the golf club just seemed like a good idea. I'm taller in person. But now that you're producer, I need you in here. So, yeah. Steve, Steve, yeah. that's going to be your job <laughs> <Again>. on Tuesday. <laughs> so, all right. With that, let's throw it over to the rhinocologist with the news. Uh, yes. Well, the uh, uh, Pete said in the beginning, the sky is falling at Walt Disney World. So on Friday, June 16th, Monorail Blue was stopped in its tracks after a large piece of metal fell from it while it traveled toward the ta- transportation and ticket center on the Epcot line. The big hunk of metal apparently had a near miss with one guest seen in our news slide right behind me there. It's that guy from Boobs Down. And um, he tweeted, this just flew off the monorail at Epcot. I assume that's what he sounds like. But um, reports came in on Twitter shortly after from guests um, that the uh, monorail blue had been uh, towed back to the station so it could be more easily va- evacuated. And that uh, after, just shortly after that, the monorails began running back on schedule. That's all the information we have on that. Um, do We haven't heard anything. I tried to check right before the show started, but I haven't really – I asked around and well, – I think it was a drone that just – Fell off. Oh no! No, that's a that's a piece of the monorail. It um, it's it's funny because I was just having a conversation with a monorail cast member about how in disrepair the monorails have Mm -hmm. kind of been, and that monorail blue is actually the most recently refurbished one. So Mm -hmm. that happened on what should be the pristine monorail. Well, what I heard from that, and you know, I. When it happened, I was on vacation, so I apologize. I could have just read, like, one thing that was completely fake and made up. But someone said that that blue one, when they repla- when they replaced parts, they replaced an, a part that used to be metal, and they changed it to a wooden part. And that's why it Wood. broke off. Because if you kind of look at it, 
it looks like there are there's shards wood. or yeah, something. There's wood there, yeah. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like I don't wood painted silver. Yeah, this. I don't know if there's any truth to that. If that piece was always wooden, or if that really Wait, was just switched off. But guess who has a three D um, printer? Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know this this kind of this kind of begs a larger a larger discussion um, that I believe you and I were having yesterday, Steve. Yeah. Um, anybody who's been on a monorail recently, uh, these things they don't need to be rehabbed. They need to be scrapped. It's time for the Mach Eight. That's the next one. And some Febreze. <laughs> well, that's it. They, they because of because of the mildew and mold. Uh, they all smell like urine. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, I mean, they, they are clearly in disrepair. If you go inside, I was in one less than a week ago, and the AC unit above the bench just fell down on the people that were in there. And, like, fortunately, what? The, the guy was, there was a guy kind of standing up that kind of caught it, and it was, it fell like that one corner of it was attached still, so it didn't. F- Completely like crash onto so people's heads. You have to you, you ask took a yourself. Picture and wrote up that story. You 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 have to ask yourself. You have to ask yourself qu- the question with stories like that and stories like this. Crap is falling off of the monorail. <laughs> You're Disney World. You're not hard up for cash, really and truly. What is going on? When the narrative is there a reason you're not on me? <laughs> I wanted people to see the part that fell again. Okay. (laughs) When the narrative all for the last year and a half is you are jacking up prices. You are pricing people out of this market, charging exorbitant sums of money for things, looking to nickel and dime people everywhere. You can't keep these monorails in repair. You can't keep stuff. Sorry. From falling (laughs) off the monorail. You can't keep air conditioning units from falling down. What exactly? What exactly is going to have to happen? How bad is the lawsuit going to have to be? How bad is the PR going to have to be? Now, what if this guy was six inches in another direction and that thing nailed him in the head and killed him? God forbid. Thank God it didn't. But what if it did? What is that story like? What, you haven't had enough bad PR in the last year and a half? You want more? Fix your damn monorails. Fix your damn attractions. Stop counting your shekels and start spending some money in your parks and in your infrastructure so that crap like this doesn't happen. Now, you want to say something. Yeah, there was, there was even a rumor <laughs> that um, Siemens had offered to pay for all new monorail cars. And the like they would just give them to them. And it was they had to write Siemens on it. And Disney said no. And that so that's that's one of the rumors. And then the whole idea was they had this massive rehab. They spent millions and millions of dollars to make them an, auto, uh, an automated system so that more of the cars could run on the track because they could get closer together. And it seems like the exact opposite has happened. It's more and more problems that are keeping them apart. And then you're and now there's a rumor that somebody else offered to give you all free new cars, and you're still not taking it either. So I don't understand what the whole. It's like what you said. I, I don't understand where it's coming from. I also think, besides like from a law point or a lawsuit standpoint, just from a Disney standpoint of it's supposed to be like a first class experience to come to Walt Disney World. You shouldn't enter something that smells like pee. The sides, the plastic siding of them are all cracked and scratched up. The the carpet that's behind the seats always has like water drop stains all over them. 
they just it looks like you're getting into like a train that's in a third world country that you're like hoping that it's not going to fall apart while you're on it. Well, and how often how often I, I know it happens to me all the time uh, where you you, you want to get on the monorail and everything's delayed because one is broken down on the track or they're not running. Oh, yeah. Um, happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Happening all the damn time. So what is it, Disney? What is going to have to happen? How bad does it have to get? Who has to die? Who has to get hurt before you wake up and start investing in this stuff? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I, I, and I'll, you know, I'll come to their defense in certain things. It's an expensive place to run. And... Yeah, but when you're going to charge a premium, the, as Steve points out, the experience has to be a premium, too. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this threat on the boards, uh, about losing the magic. Because it's stuff like this. It's stuff mm-hmm. like this that's doing it. Stuff like this that's affecting people's imp- uh, impressions and desire to come back. The last time they uh, updated it was 1989. And before that, there was... So that was the Mach 4. So that means there was... Because uh, Disney World has Mach 1 and 2, I think. And then they... No. They have 2 and 3. And then we have... I don't know what it is. But basically, there's been multiple... There were other updates within that... Um, from 1971 till 1989 with plenty of updates. And then there hasn't been one for over 20 years. 25 years. Mm. I mean, it's just crazy. So let's build gondolas instead. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Next. Okay. Um, Bob Iger says that Shanghai Disney Resort's first year has exceeded expectations. Good. Spend some of that money on new monorails. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, Shanghai Disney Resort just had its first birthday, and Bob Iger was on site in China to celebrate with some positive news about the park's performance. A special nighttime show was held to commemorate the event. A Mandarin version of When You Wish Upon a Star played as a montage of scenes from the first. Uh, the park's first year were displayed upon Storybook Castle with lanterns floating around, blah, blah, blah. Speaking in front of the park's Storybook Castle, Iger said, quote, this first anniversary is cause for great celebration for everyone involved in bringing this spectacular dream to life. And quote. He also stated that, quote, more than 11 million guests have already visited, and we look forward to welcoming many more in the years to come. End quote. So two-thirds of the 11 million guests are from outside the Shanghai area, meaning the park has more than just a local appeal. The resort's debut um, year exceeded every one of our expectations from theme park attendance to guest satisfaction, according to Disney. Chris Yoshi, VP of Economics at uh, U.S. consulting from, uh, firm AECOM's Hong Kong office, said, quote, given the significant unknowns about how well the China market would accept the Disney product, it's a huge sigh of relief. Um, what is more remarkable is this was achieved at a price point that was 100% above other local theme amusement parks in Shanghai, end quote. How well Disney had... Um, how well Disney had set its pricing in Shanghai was a key factor on the park's possible success. The average weekend admission price for Shanghai Disney is 499 yen, which is 73 American dollars, and the average monthly salary for Shanghai is under 6,000 yen, which is above the salaries of other parts of the country. With those high ticket prices as well as high concession prices, it was unknown if it would prove too costly for vacationers to consider. And if you're very quiet and you listen, you can hear Tom Staggs drunk in his underwear on his couch screaming now if you remember Tom Staggs was the guy that was 
widely considered to be the heir apparent to uh, Bob Iger, and he was uh, he w- he was the point person in Burbank, spearheading the Shanghai Disneyland project. And of course, right after it opened, uh, he was uh, he was basically told, "You will not be taking over for Bob Iger," and he resigned. So, because um, there were a lot of a lot of delays, a lot of overruns, things like that. That was being that was being laid at his feet. Um, but he wanted the board of directors to officially announce that after Shanghai Open that he was going to be taking over for Bob Iger, and they wouldn't. So he left the company. So, but you know, good for them. Shanghai's doing well. Yeah. I wonder if you know uh, if, if if maybe they can yeah take some of that money and fix our monorails, so crap isn't falling off of them. I I would hope. <laughs> I assume that money's going into Star Wars or Toy Story, and they're going to keep making wooden monorails. <laughs> like colonial times. <laughs> like George Washington. Yeah, yeah, just imagine yeah. piece by piece of the monorail falling off, and they keep replacing it with wooden pieces, and suddenly we just have a wooden monorail like yeah. going on. It's going along. to Liberty Square. It's like it, yeah. they're going to call it theming. Like it's a new theming, you know. Yeah, but this is no, this is cool. I'm jealous of anybody that's going to get to go here. They soon, but it sounds really cool. Hey. Can I tell you? I had a friend who just went to um, Tokyo and was like Snapchatting me the whole time he was there, and it's just all those parks over on that side of the world, just beautiful, you know. I'm I'm very excited about that trip. Yeah, very excited. When is that? Uh, October? October. Yeah, October. Starting in. Uh, going to start in Tokyo. You're going to miss my 40th party. Yeah, That's, there's no party. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you have to have it before I leave. That's all. Um, starting out in Tokyo. And then we fly out to Hong Kong to start the ABD. Mm-hmm. And we do Hong Kong Disneyland. And then... That's awesome. Do Shanghai. Then we come home. On a 340-year flight. Yeah. And a $3 what million. Dollar, three million. Oh, my God. The flights are so expensive. But Well, we're going to take bets on how many extra suitcases are coming back with you that didn't go with you. I'm on five. So. I hear Allegiance going out there now. So just yeah. hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, next here, um, SeaWorld's new virtual reality enhanced Kraken. This is cool. Yeah. Um, Kraken Unleashed has opened to the public. Um, and many people have been wondering um, exactly how much virtual reality is going to improve the experience at SeaWorld Orlando's Kraken Unleashed. Well, now you can go and find out because on Friday, June 16th, it opened. And um, so the uh, although Kraken Unleashed uses the same real-world track as the 17-year-old Kraken, the ride experience is quite different. Passengers will first be seated as normal, pulling shoulder restraints down to secure them. Guests will have a headset with speakers and a display visor to put on their ears and eyes. Uh, and the VR gear is linked to the steel crossbar attached to their shoulder restraints. So once the headset is on, riders are transported to a completely new environment to look around freely. Um, the scene starts in an underwater loading station as the ride begins moving in reality so does its virtual counterpart guests are seeing things from the viewpoint of a submarine so um as the uh the attraction ascends um ascents seem like a slow drift upward in a submarine um and then the um oh i I repeated myself i'm sorry so uh the first fall happens to the submarine races through the water allowing brief glimpses of a wide array of real and mythic undersea life this culminates in a run-in with the 
the uh, kraken itself, the beast is no longer an eel-like creature from before, but has been reimagined as a tentacled squid-like monster. And uh, I guess the ride ends with some sort of surprise in the virtual reality world, but ends the same for in the in the right. And, and you don't have to wear the VR headset no, to do no. this. You can do it the old way, but. And again, I said this yesterday in the Daily Fix that this is not, you know, SeaWorld's not the only theme park using this. A couple other ones have have done it. But uh, I think this is where you are going to see things going more and more and more as the parks try to up their game and enhance the experience, but at the same time have to manage costs. Mm-hmm. I- uh, taking a 17-year-old attraction, adding yeah. this to it, to kind of give it plus you know it's a lot cheaper for them to develop vr than it is to build a new coaster so they can i mean i think you'll see you'll get to a point where you'll see there'll be multiple vr experiences that you can choose from as you ride um i think it's really cool it just I, sounds very nauseating to me i don't i, well, I, I, I get motion sickness so i i, I wonder if it's going to be easier than something like star tours or if it's going to be worse because I think the idea with the motion simulator is that it makes me nauseous because your body isn't moving with the motion, but maybe this will be different because you're physically moving with the thing. I it all know. depends on it all depends on how well they have synced the yeah. VR to the real world experience. That's where people get. Yeah. Do you do you think that they're going to go through like I'm not a germaphobe by any means. Oh, they but spray, don't don't worry. The headsets are sanitized each time. Oh, so it goes to like the 3D glass process yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Okay. So, um, I didn't want somebody's I will say I was, in, I was in SeaWorld on Sunday and I was kind of impressed with how much they were like trying to invest in you know obviously they have limited resources right now but they're doing stuff like this they just started uh, the Electric Ocean show which is like a nighttime like light type show that they're doing um, and they're opening up that new log flume attraction coming up so like just kind of walking around that park and seeing that they're investing and trying their best to you know bring life back to that park I was like good for SeaWorld you, you were a- there and didn't do this attraction it's not open it wasn't open yet oh it says it opened on Friday oh shoot hmm <laughs> huh jeez <laughs> if, if only you could go to a website that could provide you with this information it would be w- weird, right? If only you worked. Well, <laughs> if only you worked for that website. If only you wrote okay. for that website. In fairness, if only you were part of the this article. Team. Hmm, in fairness, <laughs> I just went for the last whale show because Michaela wanted to see it. So. I think in he was still honeymooning. So yeah. I think in punishment for this, he has to host next week. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I want to see a, a hashtag tre- trending on Twitter by the end of the day. Hashtag Steve as host. Um, You're going to make that one girl's head explode. Oh, yeah. The one girl who hates you. <laughs> I love that girl. Uh, <laughs> I, I should make I'm a mac kidding. and t shirt then. Yeah. But yeah, no, this, this <laughs> I don't know. Somebody needs to go. I'll hold the vomit bucket, but I'm not, I, I don't know if I can. I don't, it sounds cool. It, it does I like sound the cool. idea. You know what I mean? I like, think it sounds amazing. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a coaster guy, so I'm yeah. not going to do it, but I am a VR guy, so that, that really excites me. Yeah. Corey's going to do it. He's got that. I'd do it in a second. (laughs) Do anything. Go do it and then eat the Kraken later. Some sushi there. Yeah, that's an experience. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Rhino, for that. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to Roundtable Rapid Fire. And we'll start with you, 
Mr. Clavin. Oh my gosh, okay, me. Um, okay, so uh, evening extra magic hours at Animal Kingdom have been extended nightly through August 19th. Um, Disney originally announced that there would be additional evening extra magic hours at Pandora, the World of Avatar, from 11 p.m. until 1 a.m. each night through July 4th. Um, but additional magic hours have been added through August 19th for Disney's Animal Kingdom, so that's pretty exciting. Um, the park will now be open for resort guests from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. each night through August 19th, allowing more guests to experience the park at night i still have not um gotten to see pandora at night just yet because the weather essentially since we've had the opportunity to go has just been terrible yeah every night so i haven't gone yet but this it's my is goal the worst the week i think to go this has been the worst season in terms of weather that we've had yeah in years yeah. you're done for the day at two until it's, like one it because it's just in the morning i i really and truly i mean we need the rain so there's we a don't park. need it anymore <laughs> well, <laughs> We're, I'm technically we still do, but because um, you know it was so dry, yeah. uh, let, you know, a month ago that we were starting to have wildfire issues. Um, but so now we've got, but it really—I mean—we're not used to it no. because even you know we used to talk about oh the the afternoon the afternoon showers the afternoon storms. That's not this. This is like monsoons, like days of rain and lightning and yeah. wind. And it's, it's biblical. It's, it's like God has pissed at us or something. It's depressing to look at the weather forecast and just see lightning storms down my whole like iPhone. Well, uh, here's like, here's why I need it to go away because where I run. So because it's been so dry lately, and in Florida we're in this jungle that wants to kill us all. Is that one drop of water is like steroids to grass? So you, they cut your grass on Monday and it rains during the week and it was so dry. It just immediately, it looks like yeah. it's an abandoned house now. And there, are, when I'm running, snakes have been crawling out of the grass. So you're talking biblical. I am like screaming running down the side <laughs> of my street. And I've just given up all exercise. Oh, you're screaming this, no so. matter what. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you, Rhino. Steven? All right. There is a new ride photo coming to Pirates of the Caribbean um, on June 19th. So that's already happened. Actually, this is an old story. But on June 19th, uh, Disney's... Uh, PhotoPass service came to... It's an old story. It's two days. I'm just saying. <laughs> came to Pirates of the Caribbean. So that's cool to have a ride photo now that you can... I mean, I'm not imagining too many, like, shocking faces on this attraction for the photo, but it's still cool to have another thing to add to your PhotoPass if you have that service. you got to be wearing the magic pan, right? Or if it's, you have a... There's no RFID. photo station after. Yeah. It yeah. said in the... I know this because this was my rapid fire last week. So you had to have an active magic ban on you, and, it, and then it only goes in the app. There's nowhere to view it in the park afterwards. Ah, I see. It's okay. I'll do your job for you. Thanks, dude. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you hard. <laughs> Damn. Time. I feel bad. Dang. I don't know what yeah, keeps happening. <laughs> I owe you mac and cheese after this. I'm sorry. Thank you. Well, <laughs> the big update with this too was that to hide the camera, they added a talking skull back into it right before the drop. So if ours was released. I can't or. Uh, removed years and years ago but if you've been on Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean right before the first drop uh, you still had the talking skull and crossbones right up above where Mm -hmm. you're going to drop so now we have one back and it it hides the camera and the flash where's the photo do you know it is right before you go down our hill so in the the lightning yeah in the the background if you look you can see the the pirate steering the ship so that's in the background of your shot it's angled that way and um, I, I didn't. I looked at other people's videos of it, and it looks uh, very cool, very effective. But hopefully, hopefully later on today, I'll have a chance to go over myself and see it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Mister 
Patrick Corey Martin. There we go. All right, uh, new fuel rod kiosk locations are being added to the Walt Disney World hotels. Um, if you don't know what a fuel rod is, it's a, um, a portable charging device that you, it's on the go. And what you do, it costs you about $30, and it's a fully charged battery and includes three charging cables, one for most Android phones, one for iPhone generation four and under, and one for Apple phones generation five and up. Now what you do, it's a, um, once it's charged, it's uh, you can either recharge it yourself or you can trade it in for a brand new one. This is a, a lifesaver. Um, These are great. First time I used it was during Pandora. Craig and I were covering it. My phone went dead. Craig pulled one out of his bag. Let me charge my well, phone. I thought you were to say pull one out of his ass. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is where he keeps them. <laughs> for, for the video people, I'm showing you how, uh, how small it is. So... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the fuel rod. The fuel rod. For the audio people. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's being, new kiosk locations are being added to the hotels. There's one uh, being added to Animal. Could be added there now. I have no idea. It's old store, like three days old. So Animal Kingdom, uh, Port Orleans Riverside, Boardwalk, Contemporary, Polynesian, Port Orleans French Quarter, Art of Animation, and Pop Century Resort. These things are incredible. 30 bucks. Or, yeah. or you get them cheaper. Yeah, no, uh, the two things I recommend is uh, at some airports, they'll have them, and they only cost $20. Uh, and then if you buy them on FuelRod.com, I believe they also only cost $20. Now, can and, you take those and bring them back to yep. the Disney mm-hmm. locations? Yep. they work there, too. And then if you really are in a bind, though, uh, like the first time I got mine, I was on Disney property. Um, I just went to their website, and I was able to get a $5 off coupon. So... It brought mine down to $25 instead of 30 So even if you you can't find a way out, you can usually get it for uh, just a little bit less money. Now, for, for your iPhone, uh, how much of a char- if you're dead and you use that, how much of a charge is that going to give you? I was at, I get anxiety if I get below 50 But at this, at, during Pandora, I think I got to about 20 It brought me up to about 50 yeah, it's but that's. But the I was using it. it constantly. Yeah, I was you, still using it. Yeah, and if you you know as soon as it runs out, you literally just go swap it right yeah. back out. Even if it's not completely run out, if you think like, okay, well the next time I'm going to be able to swap it is, you know, two or three hours from now. Maybe I'll just run it as long as I can and then go get a brand new fresh one right after that. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to keep reswapping it as many times as possible. And it only cost you that thirty dollars once. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lifetime the, the investment, cable, pretty much. Yeah, the cable alone for an iPhone, if you break your cables, thirty dollars at the iPhone, uh, the Apple Store. Yeah. So. It's worth. I mean, you're essentially just buying an extra backup cable for yourself. So, awesome. All right, thank you, Corey. Gregor. Okay, so um, the 2018 Disney Dining Plan will now include specialty beverages um, like alcoholic ones and non-alcoholic ones. So uh, guests will have these new beverage pack options when they purchase the 2018 Disney Dining Plan along with their Walt Disney World Vacation Package. Uh, guests under 21 years of age will be able to choose from a non-alcoholic beverage including uh, specialty beverages, uh, which could even include like milkshake or just some of the fun drinks. And guests 21 and older will be able to choose uh, either a non-alcoholic beverage, like a specialty beverage, again, or a cocktail, uh, beer, or wine. So the single-serving non-alcoholic beverage will include 
uh, artisanal milkshakes, fresh smoothies, premium hot chocolate, soda, coffee, or tea, and the single-serving alcoholic beverage will include beer or cider, wine or sangria, and mixed drinks and specialty cocktails. Um, so most of it, the alcoholic drinks will be included, but some exceptions will apply. And uh, these may, it says these may only be redeemed with quick service or table service meal entitlements. So that's the information that I have. I don't have the pricing. I don't know if that was updated since this morning. The agents are too busy. Just so I'm under- with that. Just so I'm understanding correctly, is this like one beverage per meal, or is it like a cruise ship? How if you get the package, you get unlimited? No, I would. You know? I would say it's one beverage. Yeah, per I meal, would not so. imagine unlimited. I think it's yeah. like okay. Yeah, I was just clarifying. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't sure. So. so it's interesting to see what this is like for food and wine festival. Yeah, yeah. if that works there too. I, would. I don't have those details. I only know what Jackie told me in her article. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Craig. All right, I uh, I wanted to. I, I came across this article this week. Uh, on the boards, uh, it was uh, on our theme parks, attractions, and strategies board by 101 Pongo, and uh, it's entitled "Help! I've Lost My Disney Magic." Uh, I'm not going to read the, the whole thing. You can go check out the thread if you like. But basically, this poster talks about their most recent experience at Disney World, some uh, some some not so positive interactions that they had with cast members, uh, some issues, other issues that they had on their recent trip. Uh, these are regular visitors to Disney World and they've watched as we've talked about uh, on the show at different points how things some things have degraded the quality of certain experiences has degraded you just heard me scream and rant about uh, the monorail Uh, and how this is starting to take a toll on that that feeling you get when you're excited to plan your trip to Disney World and what struck me is, is not so much that this person has this feeling, but the number of people who responded. Because when I first read it, I'm like, okay, this could get ugly. Um, people kind of going after them or whatever. And no, 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 no. I just people chiming in. Yeah, you know what's happening to me too. I got some people that are saying, you know, it's not the same for them. I'm not saying this is pervasive by any stretch. But I thought it might be an interesting discussion for us to have today. Um. Because I think it's to some degree all of us have kind of experienced this. I think for mm-hmm. us it may be a little different because we it's what we do for a living. So after a certain amount of time, I know that I went through a phase um, where I kind of lost the I, I kind of lost that feeling uh, just because it was what I did for a living. But regardless of what the reason is, the feeling is still the same. When you had a passion <clears throat> for this. And that passion has waned because of any number of reasons. But specifically in this case, some of the things people are seeing. You know, you have people talking about the crowds. You have people talking about the prices. You have people talking about the lines. You have people talking about other rude guests. You have people talking about rude cast members. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to throw that out as a discussion topic to the table. Um, What do you do? What do you do when I'll, you've lost that? I'll that go first. I'll go first. I mean, the um, you know, just living in it, we we kind of get used to it. I'm not going to use the word jaded, but we um, we're, we're consumed in it, and 
you know, for me, I mean, this is just me. I'm not even speaking for Julie. What what changed it for me was seeing the parks through Ferris and Finley's eyes. Mm. Now, we might get on that monorail and pick it apart. We might go and see this. We might see the price hikes and all that. But the kids don't. And, and like, I didn't even realize. Like, I can't tell you how many times we would drive in and, you know, like the big Walt Disney World with uh, Mickey and Minnie on each side that everybody takes photos of. I've driven past that hundreds of times. But when the kids drive past that, you know, that's where the excitement starts. Mm. And they hop on the monorail and then they, they we take the or the ferry over. And then so all of the things like I, I don't even look at the park anymore. I kind of try to see it through their eyes. Like wh- I love watching them like Soren, for example, is the most recent example I have. I'm not even looking at the, the show, I'm, the, the, the movie. I'm looking at Ferris and his reaction and, and Finley's reaction. So that kind of brought new life for it for me. But that's just me, though. What about you, Craig? Uh, mine is a bit abstract in that when I start getting upset specifically with like the issues with Walt Disney World, what I do is I find things outside of just Walt Disney World to then latch on to, whether it's Disney movies or uh, going on a Disney cruise or Disneyland. And usually that is what eventually gets me to realize, you know what, there are problems with every single thing in Disney. There's, there's problems with Walt Disney World, too, and those we just see them so often because we come so often. Every now and then you need a reminder of why you started to fall in love with it the first place. A mm. lot for me was watching <laughs> movies as I grew up. And so then it's like you watch that movie, you get reminded of the music in the movie, and then you walk on Main Street, or even when you show up and you see the train station and they have that background loop and you hear you hear one of the songs from one of your favorite movies and it's like, okay, this is this is surreal and you start to get that. And you know, when you, you do take trips to places like Disneyland or Disney Cruise Line, you get you, you you just get all revved up because it's something a little bit different than what you normally do, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that Walt Disney World's bad. It's just it it helps you to remember that there are things that you love, and when I do that, that's when I start forgetting about the crowds. I usually want to go back and just be like, you know what, I I don't care what I do. I just I want to see it, and I think I think a lot of the the problem is too many people want to come back too often, and when you do that, you're going to start getting burnt out on it even if you say you don't. And so maybe it's just step back and say, how can I get my Disney fix without it just having to be this same vacation that I'm taking multiple times a year or every year and, and find something new that just ignites that passion. So, Rhino? Yeah, I definitely agree with what Craig said because for me, a big part of that was the trip to the first trip to Disneyland. And now that, that place, I definitely have like this gloss over for me that is like this magical like i love it you know and and there are things about it you know i do see issues everywhere at disney and working here really stripped away a lot of that magic for me um and it was just it was kind of about how you know disney treated the people that work for them but also how they treat the guests like how they set up for guests and you know some for some it's not about the guest interaction but that's like the number one thing for me is what it should be about but you create a relationship with the people that come there you know it it means something it's different to everybody and i think you just have to ask yourself like what does it mean for me you know what does it really mean for me you know beyond just this is a vacation where i take my family like why are you taking them there and for me i i think honestly it was finding the little details 
that really kind of brought that back for me. I mean, Disneyland was a big part of that because I feel like that is a real big focus there because there's such an annual, uh, you know, annual pass holder heavy is that people are there so frequently that they have to keep that turnout really fast. So they do these like little things all the time. And I love stuff like that, like little stuff. And so for me, that's, that's my thing right now is like going to find all these little secret hidden things. And like, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of places to find that you're like, Oh, this is a quiet place to drink. Or when we did the, um, we found the trivia at um, yeah. the Martha's Graveyard there, and then um, over at the <laughs> over at the beach club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I just I love that there's still layers to uncover, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think, you know, Disney's like any relationship you're going to have at any point in your life. It's a roller coaster. It goes up and down. You know what I mean? So you will have a down at some point, but you just have to believe there's an up on the other side too. Steve, what about you? I think for me, I've it's. When people go on vacations, I think when you're a return guest, that's when you can create burnout. And I think that's when, if you're feeling that, you need to break the cycle of your routine of how you do your Disney vacations. So I think a lot of people say, I love uh, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and Thunder Mountain. So those are always going to be my three fast passes no matter what. Or I'm always going to do my vacation this certain way because this is how I've always done it and it's always been so great. And they get into this routine and the routine becomes monotonous and then it's not special anymore. So I think if that happens to you, you kind of have to break from that and find, do you know what, I've never uh, you know, uh, done resort hopping or I've never uh, gone and watched the fireworks from the Polynesian or I've, what have I not done here that could still be special for me? And if that doesn't work, maybe you just need to take a break from Disney. But I think that trying that first is most important to break the cycle of what you do, what you're used to. Well, you know, um, we, we did not talk about this among ourselves before this. As a matter of fact, these guys didn't really know that I was going to do this until the show started, until right before the show started. So it it cracks me up, and this is why I love them. Um, uh, Steve oftentimes will say what I'm thinking, Um, and that's exactly what I was going to say, Um, that I think I look at my own experience. Um, You know, you come here for the first time, and you, you, you have this incredible moment it's incredible vacation or as steve likes to say hashtag amazing experience (laughs) um and with that comes all this emotion there's this emotional memory created by that and we're human and we want to have that feeling again so we go and do the things over and over again that gave us that feeling and after a while it's not there uh, because it, it's lightning in a bottle. You know, some things only happen once a certain way. Um, and you, what you have to do is find new experiences. Um, and, I, and I think part of this is about expectations. Um, you know, the crowds, the heat, uh, rude people, rude cast members. Not to say that any of these things are not legitimate. They are absolutely legitimate. Um, and, you know, that's part of where I was going for a while in terms of getting jaded. You know, if you go back and you listen to this show 10 years ago, listen to the number of rants that I had 10 years ago and listen to the number of rants I do now. Quite different. It's quite different. And the reason for that, well, there's many reasons for that, but one reason for that is that, you know, as Craig was saying, 
you go have an experience on Disney Cruise Line, you go have an experience in Disneyland, you go have an experience in Adventures by Disney. I get to do all that stuff, which you know I'm very grateful for. But it, and while it does, you know, I have I have great memories on Cruise Line and ABD and Disneyland. It does bring back a certain amount of appreciation for my home, um, for the place where it started for me, which is Walt Disney World, and it gets to a point. And this is to Rhino's point as well about with any relationship having ups and downs. You get to a point where you say, yeah, you know what? This thing I love, this person I love has a lot of faults, but I love him anyway. Um, and I want, and so I, what I had to do was say to myself, yeah, you know what? The crowd suck. The people suck. The cast members can be, you know, really bad sometimes. Um, uh, Disney can be really stupid and crap has fallen off their monorails. Uh, but at the end of the day, I love this place. So let me, instead of focusing just on all those things, which I really don't have any control over. I can't control the crowds. I can't control the heat. I can't control if somebody else is a douchebag. Exactly. All I can do is control my, my actions and behavior and, and control my, uh, uh, my choices. So I asked myself, what is it, what is it I love to do? What is it I love to, what can I get out of this day, out of this experience right now? I'm fortunate enough to be in a Disney theme park. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. people that wish they were. So what can I do with this day? What would make a good day for me? Now, sometimes it's just as simple as taking my camera and walking around. Now, granted, I live here. And I understand there's a difference when you're planning a vacation and you're coming down here and spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Although I would argue that I probably spend more on Disney resorts um, than anybody uh, or, very, or, or most people. Um, I don't get a break on that, by the way. Okay, I pay the same thing you do. Um, I feel like that's my challenge going in. What can I do to make this special? Yeah, I, I have to accept certain things. But that, and, and you know what? As soon as I started doing that, that whole feeling of the magic being gone for me left. Mm-hmm. Left. And every time I walk in, regardless of how annoying a particular experience may be, I don't let it divert me from that fact that there are things there I love. And I'm going to focus on those. And I'm going to let my expectations be that. Instead of just if I if I if I set myself up, it's going to be hot. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be this. Guess what? It is. It's going to be. <laughs> Whatever you think, you're right. You're right. That's what's going to happen. And Somebody will run into you with a stroller. It's just going to happen. Yeah. And also for me, you know, um, and this is a very different way of living than I've done most of my life. I don't want you to think that I came this way. I get the crap knocked out of me an awful lot to learn some different ways of dealing with things when something bad does happen don't let it be about don't let the whole day be about that don't let the whole day be about that move on same thing with what steve was saying about people want their three attractions you might arrive and that attraction will be down yeah don't let it ruin your whole vacation there's a reason what can i control there's a reason why there's more than 10 attractions in the magic kingdom you're supposed to do as many of them as possible and if you can't do them on that one vacation maybe try some different ones the next and asking yourself the question what can i do differently next time what can i do differently what what things have i not experienced you know uh the show that's going up tomorrow uh the best and worst 
hidden treasures at the resorts. Um, some of these things I had no idea were there. I do this for a living. I had no idea that Steve likes to dress up like a princess and dance around uh, the lobby of the Grand Floridian. I you did no concept. Oh, of where that. you been? Ay ay ay, the heat I get. Well, you're the youngest. I know. I'm, so you have to be picked on. I know. You should be used to that by now. I know. I'm, I grew up the youngest brother. I should be used to it. <laughs> but we still love you. Yeah, I know. Um, but he just doesn't like his secrets being revealed. Um, but, you know, there are, you know, as Rhino was saying, so many layers, so many layers um, to Disney that, you know, like I said, I do this for a living. And I've been doing this been doing this for over 20 years been going to the parks for nearly 30 um, and there's still stuff I haven't done part of that is because I'm lazy part of it because I was drunk a lot but part of it is just because there's stuff you you, you can't do everything um, and Corey's point I think is really well taken um, when you go with your family how much are you paying attention to your experience and how much are you paying attention to theirs are you looking at this through your kid's eyes? Um, and you know, that's why I love having you and Julie on the show. Because you really do have that. Pers- I never would have stopped to think of that because I don't have kids. So to think that, you know, here's this ride I've done 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. And I do it the first time with my son and my daughter mm-hmm. and see their reaction. And whole, it's an entirely different experience. And, you know, in addition to that, like even going with somebody that you're a friend of yours that is in for the first time. I love going to the parks with people that have never been there before. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like a, you know, you know, you're a tour guide at a certain, but just seeing their reactions for the first time is oh, incredible. People, oh, when someone tells me they've never been to Disney World, <laughs> I've had this experience a couple times lately. I'm like, oh, mission, I, I, I accept this challenge. I accept you're going to see it with me. You're going to see my Disney. That's why I say it, but you're going to see my Disney World. Well, I I think another challenge, too, is for everyone to find that one base thing that if they have that when they go to a Disney park, that's what's just going to – that will turn their entire day around. Like my dad is basically at the point where he will come down to visit my sister and I down here. He could give or take the parks. But if you throw in some popcorn, then Mm, it changes. Rhino goes to Disneyland. As soon as you throw a mint julep at him, you know he's it. singing yeah. like a peacock. So I don't know if those or sing. a drag queen. Yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah. So it's find that one base thing that if you're having a bad time and you're focusing on all those heavy things, cast members, crowds, noise, just get down to the base thing. Like what can turn this around right now and maybe just shift my mood. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's hitting one of those attractions that are slow that you've done a million times, but just brings a smile to your face every time and see what see what can happen from there and for me those two attractions are people mover and carousel of progress yeah yep, me too um i hit those i know god god knows i've done them a bazillion times mm-hmm. um or doing small world with my mom yeah you know, i've told the story many many times that my mother was pregnant with me at the 1964 world's fair riding small world um, so whenever we're in the Magic Kingdom, we have to do Small World together. Um, so, you know, every time I ride Small World, I think about that. Um, every time I go on People Mover, I say, you know what? I could do this all day, every day and just sit here. 
and we, you know, we were joking around. Whoever I was with last time, we were joking around. If we could get the, uh, find a way to get them to serve us lunch <laughs> while we're on the people mover, <laughs> and we don't like have to go. Yeah. It's a dining experience. I would pay big, big, big money for that. Think about that. That would be kind of cool, right? They, they're upcharging everything else. Why not that? Um, but I, you know, at the end of the day, it's about perspective. And again, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that these experiences that people have um, are a legitimate, they are real, and I understand completely. And this assumes you want to recapture the magic. Maybe you're done. And sometimes you've got to be done. Sometimes you've got to take a break. Sometimes you've got to walk away from it for a little while so you can come back at it with some fresh eyes and see new things. Um, that's completely legitimate as well. You know, for me, I don't want it to be done. So I want to challenge myself. Um, and let's be honest, this is not a vacation destination for us. Mm-mm. It is not a vacation destination. This is much, much deeper. This is much more emotional. This is much more important than just a place we go. There's a real emotional connection for Disney fans when they go to these parks. Um, and, you know, for me, like I said, I don't want to give that up. So I want to challenge myself and say, okay, how can I... How can I beef this up? How can I look at this differently? You should try out the new Pop Century rooms. Have we met? (laughs) (laughs) Have we met? I don't need... That's not going to bring you magic. There's no magic in that for me. There's no magic in Pop Century rooms for me. Dark magic. There's dark magic. Oh, Jackie would find magic there. No, Jackie finds magic in a bathroom, so... Um, Bless her heart. Um, Love you. Love you, honey. Uh, we were just talking about how Jack. We're talking about Jackie Gailey, of course, our uh, one of one of our editors on the Diz, just the happiest woman alive, and uh, she craps glitter, um, literally, <laughs> literally craps uh, craps glitter. Um, so Jackie finds magic everywhere. Um, I am not that. <laughs> I am not that person. I have to work much, much, much harder at that than Jackie does, but. So I, you know, I'd love to hear uh, your opinions on this as well. Um, what do you do? How do you keep the magic alive? How do you, uh, how do you stay connected to the parks? What is it you do that helps you stay in touch with that feeling? And uh, send that into uh, podcast at desunplug. It's podcast desunplug dot com, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, podcast at desunplug dot com, and uh, in a future show. Maybe maybe we'll just do a show around that. And what if all the people say they they keep it by watching us? We're just going to do a whole show about people yeah, commenting that. They- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll do it. We'll do that. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone, and remember. Disney fix your damn monorails. Bye.